Welcome to episode 150 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. Jim Reamer, joined by Kyler Staley. Kyler, week three of the fall league was chippy. Was a little bit. It was towards the middle there. It was competitive. We had people getting kicked out. We had, I hell, I got warned within a minute and a half of my game, and that was a new officiating crew on the day. Uh, it wasn't like they were, you know, rolling in their third or fourth game. That was their first, <laughs> their <laughs> first two minutes of being there. Uh, wow, I didn't even see that. I didn't yeah. notice that. I mean, I was defending a player. Player oh, okay. kind of got warned. I stepped in and. And that's fine. Referees do their job. I I back a hundred percent of what they do. Um, there have been some officials over the years that we've not been able to bring back because they have rabbit ears. And <laughs> in um, you know, some guys are really there's some really good officials that that uh, don't necessarily take criticism from the stands very well. And you know, and friends and family. You know, it doesn't look it, it's at that point, it's not about your officiating. It's just about your disposition. You know, friends and family, there's not a big crowd. You hear every, you hear everything, mm-hmm. you know, coaching in AAU, coaching and stuff like this, or ref, I'm sorry, refing in AAU, refing and stuff like this. You've, um, you got to really block it out. In, in a gym of 2,000 people or more, it's just noise. You don't hear anybody. Or if you do hear them, you certainly can't pick them out. But in this gym, you're standing right next to him and you're having a conversation with him. And that's that's where things go south. And but you know, these still the officials if we're gonna have a good lead, we gotta have good officials, and so I gotta back them up and yeah, and do what they and do what they do because that's their job and that's what that's what they're paid to be there for. But we've got a great crew, we've got guys that you know, with college experience and G League experience and um you know, we've got some young guys that work in the, you know, work the earlier games, and it's kind of cool when you see them getting moving up their officiating ranks. But they put but in a lot chip- of work. It was chippy. It was it was hot. The, it was the, gym, hot. the gym was hot. <laughs> we finally got the air conditioning turned down around, I don't know, well, five o'clock is when we started playing. I was like, you know what? I don't want this crap while we're playing. <laughs> so I went in and asked him to turn. One of the nice things about having worked there a long time ago was like, you know, kind of know people and it's like, hey, can we get this turned down? And sure enough, they did. So anyway, not bad. How was your week besides it was yesterday? Good. It was, I mean, yesterday was good. I mean, as a coach. Oh, yeah, I, got, I didn't uh, mean yesterday wasn't good. I just, we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about later. So, yeah, no, I mean, no, I mean, it's getting busier and busier, you know, as basketball is just inching close. So, I mean, uh, I'm keeping busy for sure. Uh, I mean, yesterday was great and everything. I got my, uh, first, uh, first two, well, I guess three, uh, wins as a head coach. So I'll that's take right. that. So, yeah, you, you had to step out. Yeah. That's the bad thing about, you know, we, all I, my original stable of coaches, a lot of those guys have moved on and gotten, you know, better coaching jobs or, or just coaching jobs in general and, and have, and have aged out of the fall league. And so you end up getting guys and, not replenishing necessarily a good good young group of coaches we're relying on guys that we don't really know yeah and one guy completely whiffed and backed out and didn't tell anybody just didn't show and you helped pick up the ball and and um and so did um justin barksdale so who is a good young coach i think he's going to be at riverside 
He's either going to be at Riverside with Coach Calhoun or he's going to be at Ritter with Coach Williams, one or the other. But okay. uh, he stepped in and, and helped out. And, and you know, it's it's good. I like that. I like to have the, these guys have an actual coach that, you know, gets to know them and, and learns with them and coaches situations. But, yeah, so this week, this week went pretty well. I mean, IU football is pretty well at an over. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Theoretically over. Yep, I uh, I am kind of proud though because we do our staff picks at loser.com. I was the only one that picked Rutgers to win, so that's kind of a bragging point on my end. But no, it's uh, it's bad. I mean, it's just they got a bye week this week, so I mean, if they they don't have any hope getting three more wins, I mean, you got Penn State, Ohio State, at Michigan State, Purdue. I I don't see three wins coming that way, and it's just going to be another disappointing year. We'll see what the where they're heading towards this. I I just don't know where the program's going right now. Yeah, I think direction and and identity are are two things, you know, that you you look for in a, in a good program. You know, those are the things that that help you when you're struggling. And you're you're and struggling with a good a good when you're a good program, struggling means you struggle but still win. Uh when you're a bad program, it it you just lose and that's where we are with the IU, that's where we are with the Colts too. I mean, what a debacle that that was yesterday, leading into today, where the head coach tells everybody. Again, we're talking about football here in a basketball pod, but <laughs> where the head coach tells everybody after the game, Matt Ryan's our man. And the next day, you're like, eh, well, maybe not. Yeah, let's let's watch the film here and uh, let's reassess. They could have just said, you know, hey, he's a grade two separation of his shoulder, which is what he's got. If you haven't picked up on that news yet. By the time this yeah. thing posts, I'm sure everybody who, who would listen to this would would know that Matt Ryan is injured. Uh, but they could have just said that and gone with it, and and not had to basically put Reich in the position of the owner stepped in and said, "No, we're making a change." <laughs> so not only not only did they say that they they say he was replacing Ryan for this game, they've already projected it out that he is the starting quarterback for the rest of the year, barring anything. Yeah outlandishly well, bad or, or or injury of course well what i do kind of like about it in this sense is yes they could have gone the easy route saying oh ryan's hurt he's gonna be out for the season blah 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 but i do kind of respect the fact that they did kind of or at least right might have been forced to kind of just own up to the mistakes a little bit you know saying you know it didn't work out we didn't provide the right support with ryan ryan just wasn't our guy right now we're gonna see what the young guy and Sam Ellinger can do. So I, I respect that fact that they kind of owned up to it. I just don't think they owned up to it, though. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I, mm-hmm. and I get it if, if people want to see it that way. I just don't think so. I think the owner stepped in and said, you come up with any excuse you want, but he's going to be our starting quarterback because I think he realized that it's his money. Right. And what has happened the last three years hasn't worked. So they got to figure out if Ellinger is the guy or can at least be a bridge to a, you know, a younger, you know, to a drafted, you know, to a guy they draft. Well, I mean, Ellinger was just drafted, what, last year? Yeah, this ago? is second year. Second or third year. Yeah, I'm trying to think so of when they, Texas won the Rose Bowl. They've got to figure out if, if he can be their guy or if he can, you know, or if they really have to go heavy into the draft. Uh, they They got to know that. And I think, I think Ellinger can be the guy. It's but it's a different style of play. And and I don't know if Reich is going to be the guy that can deliver that. So far his play calling has sucked and and 
he's obviously not gotten them prepared. The, the beginning of games, the, his almost his entire tenure, the beginning of games, the beginning of seasons have been horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know the sad thing is, as promising as this team was coming into this season, it's probably the best start they've had in a few years. <laughs> yeah, honestly, well they're five hundred. I guess. I mean. But, you know, all these changes, you know, talk, you know, making the deals they made defensively and just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, we could go down that rabbit hole and we've already spent six minutes on it. So let's, let's move on, but <laughs> let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some hoops. All right. Let's get with the recruiting update. We've got um, Gavin Wisley, a, a six, seven, six, eight forward from Bloomington South. Picked up an offer from uh, Huntington College. It's going to be a busy week for Huntington here after you get done hearing all this. Uh, Jared Bonds, 6'5 forward from Carmel. uh, Both these guys are seniors. Picked up an offer from Bethel this week. Uh, Kamari Slaughter picked up an offer from um, St. Francis in Fort Wayne, NAIA school, part of the Crossroads League, as opposed to St. Francis, the Division I school. Uh, Kamari, of course, is a senior at... Cathedral transferring down from Portage. Jake Skinner is a guard, uh, 6'4 senior guard from Carroll. He picked up an offer this week from Manchester. Uh, Devin Woods picked up an offer from Wabash, the 5'10, 5'11 guard, senior guard from Pike. Um, let's see, let's scroll up here. And Dayton Hoover, hot off a great day yesterday in the, the fall league. Picks up an offer from Manchester. He's actually a junior, 6'5 junior at um, at Frontier. And then Tyler Rausch, a six foot six inch forward from Northwood, picked up an offer this week from Huntington. The one commit we have, Landon Beagle from Oak Hill, committed to Huntington. And that's they by far, Landon played for me this spring. Huntington by far recruited him the hardest. They had season tickets at our games. <laughs> they were there. I don't know that Corey Alford missed many games. Um, if he did, Ryan Strom was certainly there, and there were a lot of games where they were three deep, and they couldn't have done much more. I mean, they were recruiting two or three of our guys in the process, but at the same time, uh, they were all in on Landon. And I, I'd be willing to bet that after every game, they were they were talking, they were the first there to, to greet him and of course NAI have different rules than NCAA especially at division one level um so they they could definitely be in more communication so congrats to Landon it's three guys now committed and off off the group that I've got and the rest of them are starting to pick up some more interest and, and have some offers they're looking at and and you know it's it's the fun part of it you know it was exciting to hear that Landon committed and happy for Huntington because they put in the time and they, they got him. They got the job done. So, so Huntington had, has had a busy week. Yeah, they have. Did, uh, did, was there any other school that was recruiting Landon as hard as Huntington was? Or, I mean, I, I would tell you not as hard, but that's just how, how deep they were in. I mean, there were some schools. I think, look, if you had asked me in early July where he was going, I'd have told you Huntington. And okay. I think everybody else knew that. And I think there were some schools that kind of backed off. I mean, Bethel was involved. Indiana, Indiana Wesleyan was involved. I do think they kind of pulled away at the end because I think they got a commitment. Um, 
you know, you had you had some look. We 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 did have some low D ones and D twos. Looking at some of these guys, I mean, Landon is an outstanding shooter, and he rebounds his position well. And I think he's going to rebound his position well, it, it, no matter where he plays. Um, he's probably one of the best shooters I've ever coached, and you know that's at any level that's a premium. And I mean, he has got limitless range. And I'm anxious to see where his game goes from here, and if he's um, if he if he can be a versatile defender in the GLVC, the GLVC in the Crossroads mm-hmm. League. I'm sorry. Um, he had to guard a lot of different people for us because, again, like I said, we never really did solve our second big man problem. So there were a lot of times we went small with him at the four, and. You know, it changed in a hurry how teams guarded us because they had to get out and guard him. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of trail. Th- we had a, we had a lot of trail threes you know, at the back end of the break between him and Gavin Welch. And if anything, that was two or three easy buckets every game. For me, you know, definitely from Landon. You know, you bring him. Well, you typically bring him off the bench, and he's firing from, you know, from the NBA line. You know, he was the one kid that, you know, we were playing on these courts with NBA lines, and our, our, a lot of our guys were struggling in April. He shot 40% in the month, which is down for him, especially from last year. But still, 40% is good, especially when you're shooting it from that range. I mean, he's got NBA range. That's impressive. Um, but the D2s didn't pull the trigger on him as they did with, as the, as they did with guys like Preston and Dylan and and uh gavin and you know and and you know jake's probably going to end up well i don't want to say that yet jake's going to probably end up getting the most d1 interest uh especially of those uh still still actively you know still haven't decided where they're going uh but i think he's he's primed to have his big senior season and he he might consider a prep school year of a postgrad year to um to keep his recruiting open, but we'll, you know, we're going to see what here happens here in the next few weeks and what changes when the season starts. Cause as you said earlier, we're getting a lot closer, aren't we? Oh yeah. It's creeping up on us about a month out. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's week wise. It is a month out this, you know, this would be the Monday, a week, a month from now, it'll be the Monday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'll be learning how to make meatloaf. <laughs> my, my mother's meatloaf. She because she's not around to make it anymore, but we got to yeah. have it. That, <laughs> no, that's Christmas Eve. Crap, that's Christmas Eve. I got to figure out how to make a turkey, how to make a good turkey. I cook a mean ribeye. Yeah, um, I bet. I bet. I mean, well, I'm not a bad cook, that. but I've never cooked big meals. Okay, that's, that's going to be the challenge. Hey, I, I made uh, my papal's famous uh, barbecue chili over the weekend for the first time. I was very proud of myself, and it turned yeah, out there awesome. You go. It is, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad cook, pretty good on the grill, but I've never cooked a big meal. So I bought potatoes today, and I'm gonna start trying <laughs> some new things. Once the fall league's over, I'm gonna start trying some new things. There you go. Yeah, I blame the fall league for a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> it's just one day. <laughs> it, it is, but it's there's a lot of prep work that goes in on Friday. There's prep work that goes in oh, on bad. Saturday. None of it's time consuming, but at the same time, it, it has certain certain parameters you got to go to the bank you got to go to fedex to get printing stuff and it just it does 
when you're yeah, work, when you're trying to work around that, it does sort of end up being something you have to juggle. But all right, man, enough of this crap. Let's go fall league. What's uh, starting with you? Every as we did the first two weeks, who are some guys that stood out in your mind? And and guys, these, again, these are guys we saw. Yeah, so uh, I'll go ahead and start with two guys from my team. One is uh, Trent Bowles. Uh, he's a little unknown guard out of Indian Creek. He's about six six foot, I would say, shooting guard. Um, but I would argue and say that he's been one of the best defenders in the entire fall league. I mean, he's a guy that I can trust. He can guard the best uh, uh, best player on the opposing team um, every game, and he's done an excellent job. He's really good about locating, you know, the passes. Um, he scores a bunch of steals and fast breaks, um, you know, drives to the rims. But, I mean, his motor is always at 100%. He's a legit energy guy. Um, I'm a big fan of him, and I love coaching him. And then another guy, uh, we got him back this week. He missed week two. But Cole Henry, um, I think he's about six seven out of uh, South Ripley. Um, mm-hmm. Just real active uh, forward. I talked about him a little bit week one, but he had himself a really good, uh, really good showing in these two games, considering, you know, they didn't really have the, both teams that we played didn't really have the height to match up to him, but uh, he took advantage of that. I mean, he was making plays off the baseline. Um, had probably about five dunks can combine between the last two. I mean, our our guys were having a little fun opening him up and everything, and he he was really wanting those dunks and everything. But he's just a real active power forward and uh, um, can stretch the floor a little bit. But I'm a real big fan of his game, and uh, he's a guy that I, I think you should watch out for um in these next few years he's only uh 2025 i think so he's Mm -hmm. he's pretty dominant right now and uh i'm expecting big things out of him next week so um those are just two guys from my team that i thought really stood out early on yeah i don't i don't think that i mean they may have other guys but they're gonna the the core of their group's gonna be young south ripley yeah and there may be some other guys there that you know involved in fall sports who didn't come over and play but but I know Coach Beach is is really high on his young guys, and and I know that you mentioned the Vols, who's at Indian Creek. They've also got the Vols at South Ripley, and you know, which are cousins, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they are cousins. That we confirmed that. So we confirmed about, it. I I talked so to Drew. all my little all yeah. my little scheming paid off. We actually reunited a family. We did. So we've got Drew, so, who's the youngest. He's he's the eighth grader. Eighth and then we grader. got Chancey, his older brother. And then, uh, and then we've got Trent. He's the cousin of those two. Chancey's a great name. I love it. I Well, I got confused. I didn't know whether to call him Chance or Chancey, so I've just been kind of rotating back and forth. He probably answers to both. <laughs> I mean, I've got different names based on when you, you know, when it was you met me. Nobody, nobody that's known me for, since I was a kid calls me Jim. They all call me by my last name. That's how I was taught. My age. Yeah, my age. Yeah. <laughs> and then crap, it's, you know, then people I, that knew me when I was a child, adults, when they were adults, when I was a child, they still called me Jimmy. So, um, I mean, I could go kind of different directions. I guess I'll, I'll get to the, I'll get to my games toward the end. I, I want to start with Keaton Aldridge. He's a freshman at Cathedral. Don't know how much he's going to play as a freshman. He's probably going to get a vast majority of his minutes at the at the JV level, but he at six four, he's a bulldog of a player, and you know I think he's got to he's got to show some more range, but he he's not bad in tight spaces with his handle. He's he finishes pretty well. He's strong. He can take contact, and it'll be, you know, as Cathedral is so senior laden this year, I would imagine just out of principle he's going to get most of his minutes in the JV level. Um, it, it's still very difficult to, to get a lot of minutes at Cathedral. 
um, when you're a freshman. Um, the, um, but he was, he was outstanding playing in space, not, not out of control and, and finishing. And then another kid that, um, I loved again, I talked about him the first week. He's just all over the place. His motor is relentless. Josiah ball from McConaughey, six, five sophomore who started for them as a freshman and was their best rebounder as a freshman. Now he's added ball handling skills. I mean, he's not going to be their primary ball handler because they still have Bauer Maple, and they've they've got the other senior guard. Uh, but um, but Josiah is is going to be a guy who does handle the ball for them, and he's good at it. You know, he again he can definitely play in space, and he definitely can finish through traffic, and and anything that comes off the rim is his. And or if if it's not his, he's going to knock you down for it. So he's he was impressive again this week. I got a chance to watch them play a part of their second game and the kid is just all over the place. And it's kind of one of those deals. You hope a kid that it's like the, as much as he throws his body around, you hope he doesn't get hurt. I mean, you, you hope none of them get hurt. Right. But <laughs> I mean, just kids kind of reckless in, in a good way. I mean, he's just, he doesn't, he has no regard for his body whatsoever. And so far it's translated into some really nice play and, and, and a lot of production and he's going to be, um, I don't know what records look like at McConaughey, but he's going to be in line for a lot of them because I think we're going to see a big jump in his production and his counting stats this year. Uh, it's, it's always fun watching those type of players that just really just could care less. You know, they're just there to, you know, put their body out in harm's way. They're just going to do whatever they can to make a play. And I guess I'd, I'd like to see him shoot from the outside a little more than I have. And I don't know. I, I, I mean, again, that's one of the things out of ignorance. You know, I don't know where his shot stands just yet. I've seen him shoot, catching it, you know, off the catch. He's wide open. He's got time. I'm not sure where it is yet, if he's able to shoot it off the dribble, what it looks like, you know, if he's got a pull-up game. I mean, he's just, even in his school games last year, he put the ball on the floor, he's going to the basket. <laughs> and... You know, and, and the, the Tippecanoe Valley team that they played against had a lot of size last year and a lot of length. So it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't, you know, great. It wasn't, you know, top nine. You know, it wasn't high caliber like D1 talent, but it still it was it was length. It was size. And, and he was making plays over it. And that's when I saw him play first. And um, he's he's been he's been brilliant in the fall league so far. Is he the one that tackled uh, Riley Shepard or hard gave him a hard foul or yeah? Was that, it was that him? It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. No, it just was a chase down block. Okay. It wasn't. Even, yeah, it wasn't even a hard foul. They didn't even. I don't even think they called a foul. It was a chase okay. down block, and then there was just enough contact that that got Riley off kilter a little bit, and he came down and and broke his leg. And, and I don't mean to chuckle when I say that, but yeah, I don't. Even, if I remember correctly, there wasn't even a foul called. Wow. And I don't remember I mean, thinking there. I don't remember thinking there should have been a foul. I remember obviously everybody was mad on the Tippecanoe Valley side. Yeah. But I remember thinking that's just not a foul. It's just, I mean, sure if you get if you show the replay, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Probably there probably was contact, but I don't know that he went through him to make the play. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it was unfortunate that Shepard got hurt that game, and, and in yeah. that in that capacity in that way. But it was it was a hustle play, and, and it you know sometimes you know the slightest bit of contact can throw you off, and that's why I don't jump anymore. So don't worry about it. <laughs> who else? Who else you got? 
All right, so my next two guys, they're on the same Foley team, and they're also on the same high school team, both from Anderson. I'm going to start with Amir Carson, 6'2 point guard, um, 2023. Uh, I mean, he's just, as far as a guard, I think he's just a bull in a china shop. Honestly, when when he gets going in the lane, he's such a pure scorer, too, and, and can create really well uh, on and off the ball the times I've seen him. Um, like I said, real physical guard. Uh, you know, he has the strength and he has the body. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have the height, but he's got the mass, um, you know, to uh, finish through contact. But I would say he's probably one of the best remaining 2023s out there. I think he's got a couple of low D1 offers, if I can remember correctly. I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm a big fan of his game. And then his teammate, uh, big man, 6'7", center, Jalen Murphy. Um, he's, you know, he's not the guy, he's not the most athletic or the quickest big man you're going to see on the floor, but he does a good job uh, being efficient. I mean, arguably, I mean, he just, he's got that role of the cleanup crew. Um, he rebounds really well, um, takes up a lot of space in the low post. Um, he's got great touch around the rim. I mean, but he he's really, I mean, as far as scoring-wise, he's really good. And, you know, like his defense maybe needs a little bit of work. I mean, it's just the quickness and the athletic part that he's lacking right there. But, I mean, he's really efficient from the times I've seen him. I'm a big fan of watching him play. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be imposing. We, we've we got a match. If we, they win, we win. We play them in the second round next week. Okay. So, hopefully Carson's there. Yeah, hopefully Carson's there again this weekend. I know he had some college visits the first two weekends. And so I, I think they're going to be full strength when they get to the bracket play next week. And, and hopefully we're full strength too, but look, looking forward to playing them. They're, um, they're five and one. We're, we're only one of two teams still undefeated. So not the whole know, league or just the, bra- the, or just the, the whole group. league, the whole league coach Leach's team. That's also the team went, I coached. Yeah. Yeah. That's the team. You, you had to, you had to fill in for them this week too, because coach yeah. Leach has had some family health issues, but um yeah, we're we're um, you know we're undefeated. We're doing well. Not the first time I've done that, but but <laughs> I've yet to win my own league. Well, I've yet to win my own league at the the top bracket. We've we've won that second tier varsity bracket when when I've had freshmen sophomores, but not this top top one. So looking forward to it. Won't Gotta go get a chance to. Won't go. It'll be like bragging rights for like a night. <laughs> it won't go on my resume. <laughs> one mile uh, colleague. <laughs> and I don't want to have a picture of me on the website, so I don't know how long we'll keep that picture up. I have to get a picture without me in it if it if, if it comes <laughs> if it comes to that. Uh, two guys on Coach uh, Bishop Smith's team: Jordan Lomax, Dylan Morans. Lomax is a guard. A jun- both these guys are juniors. As a guard from Avon. Uh, he's had some big games for Avon last year as a sophomore. He was inconsistent, um, you know, for them as a sophomore. But again, a lot of that too is 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 weight. Um, he's got, you know, he certainly got to get stronger. But I can tell you that he's he's a shot maker, man. And I think he's as he's he has picked up strength, and he's going to definitely be more consistent, you know, because he is stronger. And when he's going, man, he's cook. When he can cook, he uh, he gets buckets. He's got a lot of range. He can score off the dribble, uh, you know. And the rest of it is going to be where he goes with the defensive side of the floor, and what what position he can guard. Uh, but man, he's he's looked good here, and I know they're counting on him to to produce a lot there at Avon this year. Uh, Moran's six seven forward, uh, transferred to Garen Catholic from Carmel. He is a good length, super, you know, good athlete. He's really gotten improved finishing in traffic. He's dunking on people. 
I know that's not super realistic in the fall league because there's not a whole lot of there's not a great deal of help side defense being played. Uh, hopefully we we play a little help side defense, but but you know Morans takes it to the basket. He's unafraid. He can finish around people in traffic too. I saw him wrap wrap a shot around a defender and get fouled. Um, and it, it got, it, it didn't go in, but it, it was there. Uh, it rolled around and, and rimmed out. So it wasn't something he just threw up. He definitely knew where he was going with it and put it up on the glass and it just happened to roll out. And, uh, you know, both those guys are going to have big years. Moran's is going to be a guy that, you know, not too many people have heard about. And I don't know that he's going to go to Garen and put up 20 and, but if he's around 14 and eight, you know, if he he does, if he's around fourteen and eight, you know, and he's blocking a couple shots a game, or or at least altering shots every game, you know, Garen Catholic would be pretty good with with him and Sorensen and and you know Lucas Parker, who was there last year, one of the better shooters in the senior class, and um, I started to say Grissom, but that he graduated. There's a there's another Grissom coming up, by the way, um, and. You know, Gary Catholic's going to be a, going to be someone to reckon with at the three A level. So those those two guys play for Coach Bishop Smith's team, and they're looking pretty good in the fall league too. Yeah, I was a big fan of watching uh, Morans. I watched both of his games, and yeah, like everything you said. I mean, he took his defender one on one. I mean, he's got a good handles for his size too. Um, my question is, and you might know more than me on this. Do you think if he would have stayed at Carmel, do you think he's a part of their starting five? No, he wouldn't have been as part of the starting five, I don't think, because um, there's just a lot of seniors there, and they're starting. They're going to start a young guard at the point. It's either going to be Clevenger or Kudo, I would imagine. I mean, it would have been Garway if he'd have been there. And it, they would have just started five seniors. And then it's – and, I mean, obviously a lot of this stuff can, you know, be earned, you know, and, and change. You know, this, none of this stuff's written in stone. But, you're you know, you're looking at – you know, Bonds and Spencer White and Bonds, we mentioned earlier with his offer from Bethel. Uh, Spencer White, you're looking at Sam Orm, you're looking at Jake Griffin. And, you know, those those four seniors were going to start. Uh, they they did have a kid that did not uh, go through the summer program. Clay Richards, that's a, that's a loss for them. They've, they've lost some talent. Um, and that's, you know, it's this this had a chance to be as long and, and as deep of a team as they've had in a while. They do have two junior forwards who are still there. John Michael Malloy's little brother. Um, and then um, who is a six foot four inch junior and Owen Huber, who Huber, who's a six, five junior. So they've, they've got some pieces. Um, but, you know, Dylan Moran's would have been, would have come off the bench. I don't know if he would have been behind those other two juniors. You know, that that could have been part of the issue. But, I mean, his ceiling is higher than those two kids. You know, those two kids, though, you know, may be in a position to do some things that will get them on the floor. But I really think Moran's ceiling is higher. Um, and, you know, I think he's going to have – he's going to come out of nowhere and have a big year. And, and you know, hopefully that's – I mean, hopefully for him that happens. Uh, but I, you know, being a Carmel guy, I wish he was still Carmel. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be a big help, definitely. Yeah, I would think so. But I mean, they're going to get seniors are going to dominate the touches. The seniors are going to dominate. You know, they're going to dominate the usage numbers. Um, you know, and if if 
you know, Malloy and, and Huber can come in and be physical and, and be screeners and, you know, be guys that will, you know, take care of that little stuff. And I don't know if you want to use the term wait their turn or what, but, but, you know, that's regardless that thins out the opportunities for anybody to get playing time. I mean, if anything, Rands would have, would have been able to play right into the, some of those minutes because none of those dudes really played part of that, their first unit during the summer. You know, Carmel basically played two varsity teams at every event they went to. And in years past, uh, Coach Osborne has tried to – has he's changed it up each year. He's one year that's balanced. And another year it's top eight versus next eight or top seven versus – I think it's top seven versus next seven. And this was a year where he was top seven versus next seven. So you had your five seniors, and then you had Kudo and, and Clevenger. You know, and, and every now and then Griffin may have missed something because of baseball, or did he not play baseball this summer? I can't remember. But basically, that was their top guys. Those are their top guys. And, you know, I think sometimes when you're when you're a junior and you're looking at maybe where your minute's going to come from, sometimes you can, you know, maybe make a decision to do something different. And I, I, I kind of wish he would have stayed at Carmel. I think he would have gotten opportunities as a senior. Um, these seniors now were looking at some of the same stuff when they were sophomores heading into their junior year, and it kind of played out pretty well for them. They all kind of had their moment in the sun. Um, and, you know, some – Really, they all did. I mean, shoot, Garway. What Garway played two games in JV this past year. You know, yeah. he was he was struggling with with life away from the basketball on both ends of the floor. Outstanding guarding the ball, pretty damn good with it, especially in in transition. Uh, but but other than that, he really struggled at the beginning of the year and and really started to get some traction around Christmas, uh, the Anderson game especially, uh, where he just exploded. You know, and, and Spencer White was a kid that I know we're, we're going down a rabbit hole here. Things we're going to talk <laughs> about maybe in our previews. But, you know, Spencer White was a kid that had to get comfortable with having a green light. You know, sophomore, he got a little bit of minutes. You know, he got a little bit of time. And he's thinking, you know, I got to make sure I take the absolute right shot. You know, and, and Osborne's just like, no, man, if you're open, it's a good shot. Shoot it. You know, Bonds is the same way. Bonds was consistent. had to be about consistent about his ability to score off the dribble. You know, was he going to finish without making mistakes? And Orem, it just was the issue with him early on last year was just because Carmel was struggling offensively. It was Orm just had to be the guy. You know, he had to be that second guy. Yeah. And, and again, the Anderson game changed a lot of it for a lot of these guys. And they all had to play big because Wack was out. Charlie Williams was out. Both those guys were COVID protocol issues. Uh, Suter got hurt early in the game. And it, it was it was basically all juniors, and and they came from down thirteen and one big, pretty kind of a fun game from my perspective. But um, anyway, that answers that question. That was a long ass answer, wasn't it? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and I wanted oh, to good? touch on one player since you already brought up the two guys from Anderson, Kobe Watson, a Liberty Christian, six eight senior. Uh, again, when he's engaged, when he's energized, he's super and he's, he, he passes the look, the airplane tests, you know, he looks, he looks the part he's got length. And when he is energized and engaged, he's, he's got some ability and, and that is sort of a backhanded compliment and that sometimes he's just not that engaged. And, but when he's focused, um, he's, he's a pretty talented basketball player. And so the rest of it is just going to be how often does he bring it? 
you know, because he is, um, how often does he bring it? Because when he does, he's, he's really good. And when he's not, he's still a presence, but, but man, when he's, when he's really going, he's, he's a pretty good player. Let's get another group of guys from you. Yeah. So a couple of 2024s, uh, I'm going to start with, uh, Lawrence North's miles Baker, five ten point guard. Um, you know, he's a shorter lead guard, but he's got a ton of mass to him. Um, for his age, you know, the two things that really stand out to me with him are his ball handling skills and his ability to create, um, plays through contact well, and then he's got some sneaky explosiveness and he can, and, uh, you know, like I said, he can create pretty well for himself and for his teammates, um, loves to attack, attacks the rim, um, could see him getting some big minutes off the bench, uh, just trying to think of Lawrence North lineup this year. Um, he should be an important bench piece for them. And then my other 2024 six, eight center Cole Duncan out of Cohen, mm-hmm. um, long and lanky center. Um, he's got some smoothness to his game. I've seen him a few times and he's rebounded extremely well. And all the times that I've seen him, um, showed off a nice touch around the basket and he runs the floor very well for his size. Um, I thought he played excellent paired in the front court with, uh, Seth LaRavia, um, from Westfield. So those two played really well off each other. And, you know, Cole's got a lot of potential in my opinion. Um, to be one of the better centers in the 24 class. That, that's Cowan is where he goes. Cowan. Spelled, yeah, that's not, how it's pronounced. Not Cohen. Not Cohen. Cowan. Southern Indiana. <laughs> Accent right there. Is it Maconaqua or Maconaqua? If you heard, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's the Indian tribe would have said Maconaqua. <laughs> but we, we Hoosiers, we call it Maconaqua. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't ask me to. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three guys we played against this past week. First game, we, we we won pretty handily. We they only had five guys. In fact, they had to borrow somebody. They had to borrow Sheldon Gaten from uh, from Coach Moran's team, and again another kid that transferred from Carmel. He's at Cathedral now. Dylan Metter, five ten guard from Center Grove. I mean, he had a great game, and he he shot the ball really well, and he he scored in different ways too. He's I don't know what his role is going to be for Cinder Grove this year. He definitely can shoot it. So, I mean, I think he's he's got to be able to get minutes that way. I don't know what – I obviously they've got they've got Marcus Anking down there and they've and they've got um they've got um oh my gosh, who's hold on. God, I'm, I hate myself now for not knowing this good shooter um McComb, McComb, Ethan McComb. Good lord. Sorry, Ethan. <laughs> um, it just, I mean, Matter is a good shooter, and yeah, he handles the ball well enough to get to his space. And I, you know, again, you, you fall league defense. We were switching a lot, and there were some open shots that probably people shouldn't be getting in when we finally decided to to tighten up, and and it, it kind of snowballed from there. But again, that was we just we had so much more length than that group did, and then the kid we've named. The kid I've named the last two weeks is guys that you know had a had really good game despite not seeing him play was was Bryce Seymour and and he showed why this game too and again at Fishers six four junior uh, lefty good shooter and again if he's going to be able to get on the floor for Fishers uh, he'll provide some more outside cover we talked about a little bit about that last week had not seen him play yet uh, just noticed that he was having some good games and and is I think he. Kind of lived up to what we thought he would be. He could shoot the ball. He was le- he's left-handed. Did not know that until we got a chance to play against him. And both those guys did well while the game was still 
contested and, and scored well afterward, even though we were pulling away. We were up 20 at half, and I think we won by 32 or three. But um, but both those guys were were good. Sabian Kane was our, against our second game. We played Coach, Coach Spaulding's team, his twin sons, are the core part of Eastern Hancock's success the last three years. And, and Eastern Hancock is going to be one of the better 2A teams in the state again this year. Sabian Kane is a, is a junior guard at, at university, and he is a he's a bulldog, man. He was really good, really good against us. And uh, he's uh, he, he takes contact. He seeks it out. He, he gets the basket pretty well. You know, I think unless there's legit size that he's going to go up against, he's going to score a ton for university this year. Uh, he's going to – I mean, we struggle with him. We struggle with him physically, and I think once they figured it out, it kind of slowed down a little bit because um, we've got some guys that can guard. But until then, he was – up to that point, he was really good. And then their second game, probably just as productive, but then against Coach Howard's team, that's progeny, the AAU team – They've got some good um, kid. They got kids out of Pike. They got kids out of Rebuff. Um, Sabian had a good game against them, but then the the game winning basket, the buzzer, was a effectively a three quarter court where he curled around from the back court free throw line, caught the ball somewhere between the three point line and, and half court, like around the volley where a volleyball line would be on a lot of courts, and went with three point something seconds to go. Caught it in traffic, went up to get it like a wide receiver, put put the dribble down once and finished at the rim, and they won at the buzzer. So it was pretty impressive, oh. pretty impressive get to go up there and get that in traffic, and pretty impressive that he was able to contain maintain control of the ball and not even bobble it and just powered his way through and finished. And you could hear the kids on Coach Howard's team like not really complaining to each other because look, they played a good game. But they're like, how in the world did you let him catch that? And it's like, how I bounced off of him, and, and, and <laughs> I they sort of, Yeah, they were just chit chatting among themselves. They weren't pointing fingers, but it was funny because they're like, they were shocked. How the hell did he get that through traffic? I mean, they were down one, they and they won by one. So that was make or break for for Coach Spalding's team. And uh, so it was it was a fun play. That was a fun game because the team they played were all juniors. So Sabian was going up against kids and his classmate. Maybe even a team that tries to get him for AAU. I don't know what Sabian <laughs> does in the summer necessarily. Um, but he was good. He was really good. I was impressed. And I I mean, I've liked him for a bit. Plays at university, which is – I live as close to that as I do Carmel High School. Um, so I see them probably play two or three times a year. But, yeah. Ne- was, never never been to university. It's cool. It's a neat-looking It's a neat looking campus. They've They've got some architectural features in their main school building their main academic building, but it's on a big piece of property that was donated to the, to the school. It's across the street from a really nice park in Carmel. Um, it's, it's a speed trap. So be careful if you're driving in front of it during school day. Um, no, I've never been clipped, but there's cops everywhere. Uh, but it's, it's a nice campus. It's kind of hard getting, figuring out where to park and where to get in for if, if you go there to a game. I mean, i been there enough i know what i'm doing now but yeah the, it's and in a cold really cold day it can be kind of a long windy walk because there is it's it's about as big of an open field that you're going to find in carmel wow that that's cool so there's nothing blocking the wind and if it's cold out and it's windy you feel it, it one you, you feel it when you're walking in 
and it's to your back when you're walking out. So it's a little bit better when you go to your car than it is when you're walking in. But it's a tight fit in the gym. It's a tight fit. Um, the COVID year, I was only able to get in because I was able to sit on the floor and take pictures. <laughs> and that dude's uh, got to do. Yeah, Jamie Owens is his son goes to school there. People that don't know Jamie, Jamie is a big time photographer, uh, sports photographer. Does a lot of high school basketball. Does a lot of IU basketball as well. And he is, uh, I think he sometimes he even travels with not with the team, but travels to road games. And he he does an excellent job. So and he also does senior portraits. So if you ever need senior pictures, look up Jamie Owens out of Fortville. But his kids go to university. And his son's a pretty good baseball player. So they um it's tight fit in that gym. It's a neat building. It's, it's a good mix of wood and brick, which are kind of my 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 jam architecturally. Yeah, that's a cool design. I'm gonna have to definitely check out a game there. I'm gonna have to go earlier in the season because I don't know if I'll uh, survive that cold walk. I hate well I they hate have them. and it's not I mean it's not that bad. Just I'm just saying it's um and they'll have the they'll have the occasional odd Monday night game or or Wednesday night game or you know, Thursday night games are a little more common than they used to be, but they've, they've got, I, I tend to be able to pluck out a couple of weeknight games where I can go watch them play without um, disrupting other things as far as schedule wise, but say now Sabian's kind of must see, he's kind yeah. of a must see watch. So that's, people are going to want to go over there to watch him play. I mean, who else you got? I got, we got to be, our list is getting shorter, isn't it? Yeah, so a couple guys that I uh, I uh, stepped in and coached uh, for Coach Leach. A um, couple uh, freshmen this year. Uh, one is Ethan uh, Sakati. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. He's a 5'6", uh, point guard out of Center Grove. Um, you know, obviously a very short lead guard, but he's got a ton of athletic ability and skill. Um, just a real tough player that takes zero plays off, from what I noticed uh, just coaching him that one game. And uh, he shoots the ball pretty well, and right now he's probably at his best creating for him and his teammates, uh, there's a lot of potential with him. And then uh, um, defensively, he was – I thought he was excellent. There was a, a nice uh, situation where he uh, he had back-to-back steals from a long pass that the other team had thrown in. Um, you know, he's just a real active player. And then the other guy, um, another really short uh, lead guard, 5'9", Omari um, Thomas from North Central, um, mm-hmm. also a freshman. Um, similar skill set as Ethan. Um, he's just real crafty. You know, he sees the floor very well. He's real quick off the dribble. Uh, did a good job of crossing up his defender and taking it to the basket. Um, I like playing those guys together at times, uh, having two uh, uh, ball handlers um, in there, and they both can make plays. Um, I was a real fan of both of those guys, and um, I can see them, you know, in the next couple of years, they're going to be big pieces for their uh, respective schools. Yeah, Center Grove kids, probably Cacciati. Cacciati is how you pronounce it. Looking at it, looks Italian. So the double yeah. C would the double C would probably be a CH. So it would it would come off as Cacciati. I don't think it would be Cassiati. It might be, but it definitely would be the, the Cassiati there. Um, one or the other. Um, I yeah, I've not seen them play yet. They're the they're the other undefeated team though. Yes, they are. So, I had so to they ask. Playing when we play, so that's that's one big reason why I haven't seen them play. Yeah, really talented group. I mean, they were they were fun to, you know, you know that one game I coached with them, they were fun, and I'm definitely going to have to check them out next week. Yeah. Two more guys that I'm done, although I got one thing I do want to talk about after that, but Cooper Bach from Sullivan, again, freshman, um, very, very active on the, on, the, on the glass, very active defensively. So I'm 
make a couple plays in transition, so I block a shot. Scored pretty well for that group. Shoots it well off the catch, uh, but but he can he can put on the floor and get to the rim and finish. And then just real quick on Dayton Hoover, I mentioned during the offer, during the recruiting update that he had a big day and then pulled an offer from Manchester. I'm not sure if those two things are necessarily related, uh, but but at the same time he was good yesterday uh, for Coach Adams's group, Team Focus, out of Fort Wayne. Uh, so both those guys I thought were pretty good. And then the one the one thing I liked during the day and during the, the evening games, watching Logan Imes go up against catchings, Cannon catchings, Logan guarded him. And Cannon looked like Cannon had a decent game scoring-wise, but the, the the block of play that I watched, Imes was making life miserable for him. <laughs> and he was he was pretty aggressive with him. And and you know, those guys were conference foes. Uh, they don't, they don't, they don't see each other. They wouldn't see each other in the state tournament till the state finals. But it it was fun watching Logan take that challenge of just guarding other, you know, another great player. I would have liked to have seen Cannon guard him. Uh, but you know that was it was fun watching Logan go after him. And and again, I looked at the box score. I looked at the score sheet and Cannon looked like Cannon had a nice night. But just the the stretch there where I watched was probably the better part of seven or eight minutes. Uh, Logan was kind of locking him up a little bit and, and making life tough for him. And and for Cannon, that's that's a function of strength. Um, he's got a lot of physical tools. Uh, and as he gets stronger, he'll be able to take that a little bit better. And he, I, you just look at him in the face. He just looks like a, he still looks like a little kid. He so does. He's got a lot of growing to do. He's going to be he's got a chance to be pretty good. I mean, you know, Purdue, Purdue has probably landed something here that that's I mean, they're definitely counting on that ceiling. I mean, he's had some big games for Brownsburg, but then he struggled with physicality. But that was his sophomore. You know, this is going to be his junior year, and he's getting stronger. Uh, but, man, you just see him put it together. And as he's, if he could keep weight on, I know we've talked about this a couple times, he's got a chance to be something deep. He's got a chance to be something really, really good. And then uh, uh, now I think about it, you kind of reminded me, Cannon had himself a uh, pretty challenging day because before that game, he had to guard Kamari Jones. And then yeah. those two – went at each other. I think that that game happened while one of your games was happening. So I was kind of watching both of them, but that was a fun matchup. I would say it was both, I don't know what the box score was um, off the top of my head or anything, but I, it was pretty evenly matched. I think the route, you know, both had good plays on one another and both got defensive stops. So, I mean, catchings, he had himself a, a, a challenging uh, Sunday night, but uh, you know, he, he looked good. I will say that he's, he's just, he, he's getting better and better and pretty much what all you said about him is exactly true. Yeah. Anybody else you got? That's about it on my end. All right, I'll, I'll throw these other names out. These are guys that had big games. We just I just didn't get a chance to see them, and obviously you don't have access to the score sheet, so you're not flipping through, pulling names out. Makai McGee from Taylor, we've already mentioned him early in the league. He was fantastic yesterday, at least from a scoring perspective. Uh, the, another senior, Dejon Craig from Lawrence Central, played same team with Coach Jones's team there with Kamari Jones. I think this kid's a junior. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry that it's not listed in the database, but I think this kid's a junior from the Indy Wildcats homeschool team, Ty Seuss. Sophomore Noah Smith, 6'5 forward from Plainfield, and two freshmen, Mar Nicholson, six foot four inch guard or wing from Franklin Central. So Franklin Central's got themselves a couple of nice, couple of nice incoming freshmen between Mar and uh, EJ Hazlitt. Both their fathers are 6'9". Both their fathers attended Warren Central at the exact same time. 
Uh, and then freshman uh, Grayson, I want to say Kufner, six foot guard from Kokomo. He had himself a really, really big day too. Uh, at least in one of the games, scored a ton. Those were, those were guys that we didn't. Those were guys we didn't get to see the end, and just guys I pulled out of the score sheets to see if we couldn't get a little bit of extra recognition. So, anything else? I mean, no, honestly, I mean, th- I thought it was a good day. You know, it was competitive basketball overall, and I'm excited for tournament play next week. I think we're going to see some really good games, and we're going to see a lot of teams compete their their tails off. So, I mean, if you're around the area, come and watch. It's going to be some good uh, good day of basketball. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student-athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. If you're an athletics director or you you run a club program, this would be an excellent opportunity for you to pump out some great, easy-looking graphic design content for your program. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Courtside Indiana Podcast. If you listen every week, we certainly appreciate it. If not, please hit that subscribe button or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. We'd love those five-star ratings. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter and Instagram at Courtside IND. We will take, we, we will, certainly will take content ideas, suggestions, questions, things you want to know. Uh, any topic you want us to discuss. Obviously, after the fall league is over, we're going to be spiraling quickly into the start of the season. We'll have a lot of preview content coming your way. Um, I think we're going to have, uh, we're definitely going to have a, a, a podcast with one a and two. We're going to have four separate podcasts for the, the class ranking or the class previews. Um, we're you know, kind of going through our top 10, maybe top 15 teams in each class. Uh, we'll have a hot takes podcast. Uh, then we may have our normal podcast too going into the week. Um, but, you know, we'll have a lot of stuff there leading in the, the mid mid to late November. And then once we get into the probably the December, mid-December time range and Christmas, we'll probably throw out our Indiana All-Star team. We'll, we'll probably have a little bit of preview talk about Mr. Basketball. Uh, that, that'll be part of it. But then we will do the All-Star stuff. I think last year we did it at the end of December. We sort of start predicting, projecting what that looks like. So the rest of it's going to be talking about games. Got one more week of the fall league. Pilots bracket week. Championships this week. It's going to be good. Three games, man. It's rugged. That last game. And yeah, that last game gets pretty ugly. We used to, <laughs> we used to the fifth week. We used to have an extra round of brackets. And would would have like a two way bracket starting the 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 last game on week four, and then we'd have week five where we brought half the teams back because they were still playing in bracket play, and it just it lost its buzz a little bit because you know the building starts emptying out, and you know, you'll you'll feel it this week when the teams are losing they're going home, you know at the end of it we're playing on just like a couple of courts. You know, it, it gets a little quiet in there, but uh, <laughs> that's what the whole final week was like before we made the change and making this change to four weeks and having all the bracket play on one on one Sunday has been been pretty fun. But it, they do get tired by the end of the day. Just goes to show you how out of shape they really are. <laughs> they all right, Kyler, what do you got coming up this week? 
Uh, so yeah, I got a, I got a couple articles right now on uh, Pre- at Prep Hoops Indiana. Um, a couple evaluation articles from uh, week three. Um, I would say all the guys that I mentioned, and then a few names that Jim mentioned are in there, plus some more guys that we didn't talk about. So I've got two articles on them. Um, and then you know, there's IU content this week. IU's got their first exhibition game against Marion uh, University on Saturday. So I'll be there. Um, you know, it's the first time we get to see the Hoosiers in some competitive form this year. So, you know, that's coming up and, you know, basketball season's coming up. I'm, I'm working on finalizing my, uh, my high school schedule right now. That's a goal of mine this week to get done. So um, it's going to be here before we know it. We got about a month and then we're rocking and rolling for the next, uh, next few months until about March. I am neck deep in the NBA league pass. So I'm good. I'm ready. <laughs> Basketball's already going here. All right, Kyler, man, I appreciate your time, and we'll we'll see you Sunday, and we'll talk again next week. Yeah, sounds good.